Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Hey, great to be with you this morning on Private Club Radio. Before I take off for Baltimore, I'm going to visit the Baltimore chapter of the CMAA later today. I'm speaking tomorrow over at the Baltimore Yacht Club. Thanks to Boris Gurdina for that invitation. I can't wait to go back home to Baltimore where I grew up as a kid. Pretty cool. All right. Well, on this episode, we're chatting with Henry Delosier of Global Golf Advisors. And Henry's got some great information to bring to us today regarding millennials. They just did their 2019 updated millennials research. And Henry's got all the facts and figures to share with us. So if your club is looking to attract that next generation of members, you're going to want to hear what Henry has to say. I'm fresh back from PodFest, which is the East Coast's largest podcasting conference. It's run by a very good friend of mine, Chris Kermitzos, who's also been a guest on the show. He talked about membership development about a year ago now, and it was a really good episode. You should go back and listen if you haven't. But PodFest is a really cool conference. Got to do a lot of learning. I did some education sessions And I ran around kind of helping out uh, Chris and the team at PodFest. So I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes of what was going on at that conference. Plus, I got to just pop my head into a lot of sessions and see what people were talking about. And just brought back a wealth of ideas to bring to this show because I think it's time to change the format up. We've been doing this show for now probably three years, uh, a little over three years actually. And it's just time to change things up. Usually we have the one guest on each show. We've done a couple shows that were a little bit different format. Uh, We did some documentary style shows when we visited Nantucket and the Westmore Club. And we've done some live event shows when we go to the National Club Association's conference every year. But I think it's time just to change up the overall format of the show. And so I'd love to get your feedback on what you want to hear because really this is your show. I do this every Monday morning for you. And I want to hear what you would like to hear. I'd like to get the guests on that you would like to hear. And I want to give you what you want. So I'd appreciate it if you took just a couple minutes out of your day, if this show means something to you, to shoot me an email to gabe at privateclubagency.com and just let me know what you want to hear on Private Club Radio moving forward, how you would like to see the show shift or change. Or if you really love it the way it is, I could tell me that too. That's fine as well. Uh, If you're a member of the Private Club Radio Listeners Facebook Forum, you could also post a message over there. I'd love to get your feedback on what you'd like to hear from this show. All right. Without further ado, we're going to bring on Henry and talk about millennials. Well, my next guest is Henry Delosier, principal over at Global Golf Advisors. He's a wealth of information and resources, and we always love having him here on Private Club Radio. So please welcome Henry to the show. Thank you, Gabe. It's always a pleasure for me to get to to join you on the show. Yeah, it's great to have you. Well, last year we had you on talking about millennials and your 2018 research, and you've got some updated research that you want to share with us today. So I'd love to ask you a couple of questions regarding that. Uh, First thing I'd love to talk to you about is just how you went about conducting this research, Henry. We partnered with NextGen Golf, uh, a a startup group of millennials who are most remarkable in their interest for golf 
They're mostly young people who have started their careers and are connected by their love of the game of golf. And uh, that caused us to want to know more about them. You know, as we attend industry gatherings, as we read golf and business trade publications, there's an insinuation that uh, millennials are not interested in golf. And one of the key takeaways from our research previously and reinforced again this year is um, millennials have a great interest in golf. They're at a time in their lives when they have many things taking place in their lives, family formation, career development. So golf fits into the pattern of their lives where it can. Yeah, absolutely. I really think that the millennials values are aligned with what private clubs have to offer as long as the private club uh, thinks with their interest in mind in some degree. Um, Is that the same feeling that you get after conducting this type of research? It absolutely is, Gabe. And I think one of the real keys for everyone to keep in mind is that millennials are not looking to be entitled. They don't expect some sort of special bargain. And at the same time, clubs that will prosper with millennials will understand that they're at a point in their lives where their capability to uh, pay substantial sums to a club for, in the form of a joining fee or an initiation deposit, is, that capability is limited. They haven't had the time in their lives yet to build up the, a financial war chest that enables them to become uh, full let's just say full golf members. And so as a result, they need a stair-step approach that enables them to get into the club and then to be an active participant in the club. And that, that's a real key for most clubs because in, in many cases, there's a reluctance to allow some sort of a, a different type of an approach to paying joining fees. And that keeps a lot of millennials out when many clubs desperately need new young members to enliven their clubs. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that clubs can do that? Is it, is it bringing on a young executive category or what are some of the ways that clubs can actually start to attract millennials who maybe don't have the money at this time to start becoming a full golf member? Um, and, and the young executive category is a perfect example uh, and a tactic that is working in many clubs. So too is, um, a category of junior membership where there are age markers, let's just say at 35, at 40, at 45, where additional uh, contributions towards the joining fee or the initiation deposit uh, can be made and are required. So uh, that a millennial joining the club understands that his or her obligations uh, are are consistent with those of other members and they're simply being allowed um, a little bit more runway in order to make to make their landing into the club successful and long term. Yeah, I've also seen some clubs that are doing like financing options where you know you're you can put down a, a certain amount and then finance the rest of that initiation fee. Are you seeing other clubs around the country get into some of that, Henry? Yes, in some cases, but not as much as one might think. Um, we're in instead of financing. We're seeing more of an approach like, like I described with the, as a stair-stepping approach. Mm-hmm. And the other is um, the junior member that converts to a full membership on a predictable basis. And typically that's being implemented best 
when there's a business-like relationship developed where there's a promissory note made by the, the millennial who's joining the club that he or she will make certain payments into the future and with, with an obligation to the club. So the club has the benefit of knowing this is a young member who has a long-term commitment to our club and wants to be a part of the fabric of the club for years to come. And by the same token, it assures the club that this is not a prospective member who's simply uh, taking advantage of, uh, of a favorable program, will use it for a short period of time, and then walk away. Mm-hmm. And so I think that becomes a real important characteristic for clubs to keep in mind. As, uh, you know, as much as we want to be helpful and friendly, uh, the club and the, its board have a responsibility to be businesslike in administering the programs of the club. Yeah, I like that approach a lot, actually. So let's talk a little bit more about the research here. Now, I think one of the, the main things is we, we it's hard to really group millennials into one big category. We really shouldn't lump them into that because there's really different stages of millennials. It's a pretty big generation. So let's talk about that, Henry. Yes. Well, you know, it's 70 million millennials, uh, you know, almost the, the same size, almost as large as the baby boomer generation, which has been the lifeblood of private clubs for decades. And uh, I believe the millennials have the same capability. It's important uh, for club leaders, club executives to, to bear in mind that private clubs become most important to prospective members when they enter their child rearing years. That's when um, young members are thinking like a couple. They're looking at the club as a, as a safe haven for their family. And that certainly came out in the research that, uh, that our firm has executed uh, concerning what it is that millennials want. Uh, they, they want a highly social network. They're not necessarily looking for the chance to be the best golfer in the club or to win the club championship, although some of them are quite good golfers. Uh, it, the, the keys are social network, platform for socialization, and the opportunity to become acquainted with with other club members in a, in a constructive and convivial format. Yeah, I love that. I remember um, you guys came out with, and I've used it in my presentations a lot, actually, is, was what millennials were looking for in their club. I know back in 2018, you, you came out with some research on that, that, that some of the top amenities they yeah. were looking for were swimming pool. And what were some of those other ones? And has that changed uh, here in 2019? Um, there, uh, no, it has not materially changed. They're looking for more casual dining. They're looking for more programs that promote socialization within their own generation and extending beyond their generation. Um, is, by and large, millennials are receptive to getting to know older members of the club and enjoy interacting with them. And at the same time, it's only natural that they do like to group with birds of a feather. So the finding programs that allow for socialization, wine clubs, uh, nights where uh, there are opportunities to taste and try different spirits or to hear um, music that maybe is, is aligned to their generation. Those are things that, uh, that millennials like because it gives them the opportunity to feel that they're part of a, of a group. Uh, or if you will, uh, you know, to, to follow up on the attitude or the idea brought forward by Sebastian Younger that, you know, that's their tribe within the club. And that becomes a real important factor for keeping them committed to and involved with the club. I love that. 
And I will, I will say myself, at my own club, I'm, I'm the guys I play golf with actually are quite a bit older than me. I'm 38, and the guys I play with most of the time are 65 uh, up to about 70. Those are my best friends at the club. So uh, I think you're right on sure. there for sure. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, let's, t- let's talk. Well, about- and as it, you know, I was going to add one other point that to, to your comment. As you know, as a millennial, you know that um, there are a lot of different shades of millennial expectations, and it's important for clubs to tap into the kind of research that our firm has done. I believe Club Managers Association of America has done some nice research on that. Uh, but trying to understand what it is that makes millennial t- millennials tick is very important because to, to simply lump them into a broad category that is a generation that spans roughly 20 years, right. it's a mistake. Yeah. And so it's important to understand with whom you're dealing and to be sure that your club is the right fit for the particular individuals you're meeting. Yeah, that's, that's right. Millennials are starting to obviously have children or maybe they're like me. I've already got a couple of children and they're starting to get older now and a little deeper into their careers. And so many clubs around the country that I talk to, they pay lip service, Henry, to saying, Oh, we're family friendly or, you know, we want to have a lot of families here, but they're really not doing anything in, in reality. So what are some of the ways that you think clubs should actually start to practice what they preach when it comes to becoming family friendly? You're, you're so right about that, Gabe. And I, I feel badly when I see that happening. In fact, most clubs are family tolerant, but certainly (laughs) not family friendly. Right. And the clubs that the clubs that are truly family friendly recognize that when you have, when, when you have young children, there, there's a there's a timer ticking in that relationship. When you bring the children to the club, they need to be seated, they need to be entertained, they need to be quickly served because they're, you know, the, the mom and dad are going to run out of time, and and the children will become fitful, they'll become disinterested, they'll become difficult. Yep. And uh, so it's important that that there are spaces that are set aside within the club that really are accommodating for young families that recognize that this is an important uh, part of our club and we want everyone to be comfortable, including our youngest members. And so it uh, is, you know, dining rooms or dining areas that are designated as family friendly um, are very important. That also reduces the level of stress for the parents so that the parents can maybe have a little bit more of an enjoyable dinner when they're not looking over their shoulders at uh, older members who are maybe a little bit less tolerant of their young children. Sneering. Uh, the other thing that we're seeing. <laughs> Sneering quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, <laughs> the other thing I was going to add that, that we are seeing that's an effective program for young families is connecting the moms to one another. Oh, I like so that. So it becomes really, it really becomes important when the club is proactive at creating moms groups, creating fitness programs that invite the moms to come to the club and perhaps have, have childcare where the moms can have an hour to have some adult conversation, do their stretching or exercises as they see fit uh, with, with other adults. So um, it, it's important to remember when you're dealing in a, in a family-centric program that, that the mother of the family is the key. Uh, and, and she needs to find a place where she can feel comfortable where she can feel confident that um, 
the club is, is understanding and supportive of her family's needs. And of course, the last thing that, you know, the last thing I'm going to mention, which is the first thing that most mothers are concerned with, is they want a safe haven for their families, for the children, their children, for the people they love. So um, it's important for the club to be able to demonstrate that the club is well lit, it's secure, it is properly cleaned and sanitized so that the mothers can relax and feel good that this is the right place for their family to grow up and, and share experiences. I love that. I've, I, don't, I don't think I've, I've heard anyone talk about the mothers, but that's such an important, important um, thing there. My, my wife, my own wife, she's a part of the North Tampa Moms group. It's a Facebook group and they talk, they go out <laughs> together and, sure. and, and play. And you're absolutely right. The one thing I'd say that she's not really connected to our club is because she doesn't really have friends that are other moms in the club. And so that, that that's, that's really sure. wonderful, Henry. Yeah. These moms are so resourceful in that they come up with so many great ideas and interesting programs, or at least programs that are interesting to them. And after all, that is the, the goal that you have when you're wanting to engage young families. So absolutely. just add that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Um, anything that came out of the research that was a little intriguing or out of the ordinary or unexpected, Henry? I think the greatest, the greatest surprise to me as a, as a baby boomer, was to acknowledge that millennials have a variety of different sets of needs, and yet if one looks at the cycle of life, when they, are, when they reach the age when they're developing a partnering relationship, when they're thinking about family formation, they start to fall very much into the patterns of previous generations. And we all know that family formation among the millennial generation is happening at a later age, chronological age. And so that means that we need to understand where, what the circumstances are of each set of millennials and how that applies at your club. And, and, and I can give you an example. If I'm working um, in Seattle or in the Silicon Valley, where there are a lot of millennials who are, are high-wage high earners, who are having real prosperity, um, their economic elasticity may be entirely different than a group of millennials who are working, let's just say, in a more uh, traditional market area, let's just say like Indianapolis or Kansas City or St. Louis. And so it's important that each club understand its own market well enough and the earning power and the economic elasticity of the millennials with whom they're dealing. Yeah, it's so important for a club to conduct surveys of the of the local area or or get some research. Where are some of the places they can do that, Henry? Um, well, one of the most interesting and cost effective sources of that kind of demographic information is the is the U.S. Census. Doesn't cost you a nickel to download the census and see what the demography of your area is, and and that helps in formulating good decisions. If you want to buy market data, there certainly are some great sources like Claritas, uh, Mosaic, uh, are certainly uh, sources that can give you very dialed-in understanding of your market demographics and, and psychographics in some cases. Yeah, it is, it's so important. I, I think a lot of clubs are flying blind if they don't have that type of data. Um, so yeah, that's, that's yes. great advice. Any, anything else come out of the research that, that interested you? Uh, as a golfer, I was interested that the average handicap was in the single digits. 
Really? Now, granted, these are millennial golfers, but the average handicap was 9.8. Wow. So these are people who know the game well, who understand how to play it pretty well, and yet their number one priority was not golf or competitive golf. Their number one priority was socialization. And I think it's important for all of us who work in private clubs to understand that the, the desire that that millennial has walking in your door, the, the number one desire is the opportunity to socialize, to meet and have friends is an important thing. Yep, absolutely. Um, and of course, you, you see millennials out there with, with music and things like that out on the course, and they want a more social experience. Absolutely. By the way, I'm a 9.2, yeah. but I, I've only played four times in the last nine months, so it's probably bound to go up. Well, you're better. <laughs> you're, you're, then that makes you better than uh, the average of the millennial uh, Just barely. Uh, segment that we study. <laughs> Just barely. I was a 7.6 a couple years ago when I was really playing a lot. Just I got two little ones and oh, I gosh. get well, to play as much as I'd like. <laughs> you, you know exactly then that family comes ahead of your own golf, and that that's probably as it should be. But uh, everything marches through that cycle of life I mentioned. Yep, you're absolutely right. It is the the older guys I play with. They have the fives and sixes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about how um, Global Golf Advisors works and um, and the types of um, of ways that you can help clubs out there, Henry. Um, Global Golf Advisors is a consulting firm that specializes in clubs, golf related businesses. So as a result. Uh, the firm began in 1992 and, uh, as a specialty group at KPMG, and it works in private clubs, resorts, master-planned residential communities primarily. The company is based in Toronto. I manage our office in Phoenix, and we have an office in Dublin, Ireland as well. So we get the, the opportunity to see over 3,000 clubs uh, a year around the world, and that gives us a, a terrific uh, platform and uh, perspective for understanding how clubs are functioning. And you guys do quite a bit of education. I imagine you'll be given a few sessions during this upcoming CMAA World Conference. We we will, and we launch every, every, each year uh, with a, a pre-conference workshop uh, around strategy, how to create it, and how to use it. So this year we're going to be talking about putting strategy to work, and really looking forward to that. That's fantastic. If folks want to get in touch with you, maybe get a copy of this research that you put out or just learn more about what Global Golf Advisors can do for their club, how would they go about doing that, Henry? Thank you for asking. The The Millennial Study is available on our website, which is uh, globalgolfadvisors.com. Uh, everyone is welcome to take it, download it. There's no charge for that. Uh, you don't even have to register your name or anything. And if you want to actually contact one of us, we can be reached uh, by way of uh, initial of first name, last name at Global Golf Advisors. So, for example, my email address is hdlozier at globalgolfadvisors.com or I can be reached um, at 602-739-0488 if someone wishes to text or call me. That's fantastic, Henry. Thank you so much for coming on Private Club Radio. I always enjoy our conversations and I hope we can do it again real soon. I feel the same way, Gabe, and I really admire the work that you're doing. Keep it up. Well, I always enjoy my chats with Henry, and if you haven't heard him here on the show, I bet you know why. Definitely check out globalgolfadvisors.com, see what they're up to, 
just a great organization that is helping our industry. I got to go jump on a plane and get to Baltimore. I'll catch you back here next time. And until then, here's to your membership success. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.